0: Book of Hebrews chapter 11, well, I really prayed a lot this week about what to preach and, you know, we're in the 4th of July weekend, and, you know, I'm normally a very patriotic person, but, you know, when you see the country just going downhill the way it is, you know, sometimes you just, you'll wonder, uh, you know, where should I be uh, in this whole thing, you know, do I, you know, how patriotic should I be, how much Do I want to talk about being American, how great it is to be an American? And listen, we do have a wonderful, great history when it comes to this country. There have been some great people, some great sacrifices. We have so much to be thankful for. And I personally believe that a person who is truly patriotic i mean and really loves their country is going to be taking a stand during times like this. And because we owe it to the people that have fought and that have died for our freedom, and, but you know, just ha- you know, having that balance, you know, where should I be, and all this, and I want to tell you the title for my message this morning, and you know, don't don't take it wrong, or you know, listen to the whole message, you know, it might not uh, you know the way it sounds might not be exactly what you think it's going to be about, but I want to talk today about looking for a better country, all right? Looking for a better country, and you're like, oh man, is he telling us we're all going to have to move to another country somewhere, and uh, Hey, let me let me tell you, I've I've you know looked before, and I can't find any other countries I want to move to. But that term looking for a better country, when I say I'm looking for a better country, that actually is based off a phrase that we see in the Bible. We'll go to Hebrews chapter eleven and verse eight is where we'll start reading, and we're gonna see uh, you're gonna see what I'm talking about, I believe, after we read this passage of Scripture. Because I am I'm looking for a better country. And the Luke or Hebrews eleven, verse eight. and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he had prepared for them a city. And right here, what I want to talk to you about this morning is looking for that better country, that heavenly country. And when you read the story here, and when you go back in Genesis and you look at when God called Abraham, our Abram at the time, out of the earth of the Chaldees, he took him into a strange land, a land that he wasn't familiar with, a land where the it was the promised land. God gave that land of Israel, he gave it to Abraham and to his seed. We see that in Genesis. God promised it to him. But he dwelled in that land like a stranger. He lived in tents. Even while he was there, he lived among you know people like the Canaanites that were there, that were a wicked people. And he, he lived there, dwelt there, Isaac, Jacob, living in tents. They lived there like strangers. And eventually, over time, they... Had were able to take control of the land. Of course, you know the story. They ended up going into Egypt. They were there for 400 years. God brought them out, and then they began to drive the Canaanites out of the land. And you got a, you got a long story there. We're not going to go into all the history, but God had promised them a land, okay? And God gave them that land. But this land that God God did promise Abraham the land of Israel. But at the same time, we see here in Hebrews that the land that Abraham was looking for. The country he was looking for. It wasn't necessarily a geographical location. It was a heavenly place. It was a spiritual location. It was a heavenly country. And even though Abraham was there in the land of Israel, even before it was called Israel, even though he was there and even though God had said, this is yours, we see here in Hebrews that when he died and all these that had died, they had not received the promises of that God gave. Abraham never really did receive that land while he was on earth. It was something that came later in heaven. It was something that he just believed in. He believed it was something that was to come. And we're going to, and we'll get more into this in a little bit, but we need to remember when it comes to life here on this earth. When it comes to this country that we live in, I believe that God has given us a great land. He's given us this land of America, a place where for years we've been able to worship freely and to be able to serve God and obey His laws. But at the same time, even this land, this land of America, this is not what we're all about. And it's really not even what we're looking for. What we all should be looking for is that better country, that heavenly country whose foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And one thing that we need to remember is that this world is not really our home, is it? This world is not where we belong. And you know, the same thing was true with Abraham there in Israel. While God did give him that land, the land that he was looking for, the home that he was looking for, it was Heaven. It was that new Jerusalem that we see in the Bible. And in John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto Myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Right here we see in the Bible that Jesus Christ, He's telling them not to be troubled. And He told them not to be troubled even though He had just given them some troubling news. He had talked about how He was going to be delivered in the hands of sinful men. And He told them some scary things. But He said, don't be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And it's clear in the Bible that we are headed for some dark times in our future here on this earth. But we don't need to be troubled because while we might lose this country, this isn't the country that we're looking for, folks. This isn't really our home. This isn't what it's all about. Our home is in heaven and nobody can take that away from us. Nobody can touch that. Nobody can do anything with it. But many times, when we, you hear troubling news and when you hear stuff on the news and you see the way the world's going, I mean, I've heard many people on the, just on the radio in the last week talking about, I heard one guy who is not a believer, clearly not a believer, and he was talking about all the people that he's talked to that really believes You know we're going into the last days here. That this is just you know signs of the end times, and it could be. I don't know for sure when he when he's. uh, But that's how people are feeling right now, and that's how they're thinking. And you know many people are getting scared. But at the same time, when I hear stuff like that, I can't help but get a little bit excited. I mean, it kind of, you know. I kind of hope it is. you know. is. I'm ready for the Lord to come back. I'm looking forward to the return of Christ. But yet, many people get scared when you look and you see some of the things that we're going to have to go through before Jesus Christ returns. That's pretty scary. But listen, you know one of the reasons I believe we struggle with this and we have a hard time looking for that better country is because God has blessed this country so much. A lot of times, we get, we're more scared, I think, at the thought of losing the treasures that we've laid up here on this earth. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. Remember what He said where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Many times when people hear about the things that are coming and it sounds like, man, it's really getting close to these end times, people get scared because they're afraid. Man, I could lose everything. You know, when you hear some of the laws that are being made in this country and the new things that are coming up, a lot of times you have to ask yourself, you know, how much longer are we going to be able to meet freely in a place like this and preach the truth of the Word of God? I mean, the day may come before too long where they might start shutting churches down and going after churches. And you know, the truth is, if they were to come and pass a law and say, hey, you can't meet here... You know, we don't really own this place, do we? It's a fact that we don't really own anything anymore. If they wanted to, they could come. They could shut us down. They could bulldoze this place. And they could put a rainbow flag out in the front yard. I mean, they could do that to us. They have that power to do that kind of thing. But the truth is, many people today are, I believe, I'm seeing this a lot in a lot of the quote-unquote Christian community, Where they're already trying to figure out ways to kind of go along with a lot of these new laws and things that are being passed because they're scared to death of losing these treasures that they've laid up, these kingdoms that they've built up. You know, there's churches out there, they've built these, you know, gigantic facilities and they've got so much money in it. And the thought of having to shut those things down, the thought of losing those things, they can't handle that. But the truth is, if we believe that this is not ours, that this is God's, then do we? Then is it even going to be an issue of whether or not we go along with what the world says? It's not even going to be. It's not going to be an issue. They can shut it down. I mean, the truth is, the church is the assembly of the believers. Y'all can come eat at my house. Until they, until they take that away. You know, I mean, I mean, we're, you know, we're going to continue being obedient to God because if this is His church, okay, we are His people. We're going to do what He says. But many people are compromising today because they've laid up so many treasures on this earth. Many people are getting scared today because they've laid up so many treasures on this earth. And let me tell you something. Even if you get all the treasures this world has to offer, there is so much better in heaven. I mean, why would we waste our time laying up treasures? Why would we waste our time... Boy, you know, gold. Gold is really valuable right now. Why would you waste your time storing up gold that you have to worry about somebody stealing when in heaven, that's the pavement. In heaven... I mean, why would we worry about that? We are looking for something that is so much better than this world can ever give us, than this country could ever give us. I mean, what we are looking for as believers is so much better than in these, anything these politicians can promise us. Boy, you hear these guys that come along, they want to be president, and boy, they can talk in ways that make you feel like, boy, our best days are ahead. You know, Things are just all sunshine and roses, and they make you feel good. But let me tell you, not only do they never deliver, but even if they did, it doesn't compare to what's waiting for us in heaven. And yet we get so caught up in the things of this earth and we will let the thought of losing things scare us when if we lose it for the cause of Christ, we're going to get greater rewards in heaven. I mean, so honestly, when we, when you, if you have your mindset right, we really should have nothing to fear during times like this. It really ought to excite us, ought to motivate us. As the world gets darker, that's a greater opportunity for us to let our light shine and to be able to make a difference and really do something for God. But many will not stay faithful during the difficult times that are ahead because they're going to be too worried about hanging on to those treasures that they've laid up on earth. Their heart is here on earth. Their heart is maybe in America, but I'm telling you folks, you need to have your heart and your treasures laid up in a better country and that's a heavenly country in heaven think eternally don't think on the earthly we need to remember too as christians where our true citizenship lies go to ephesians chapter 2 now listen i i'm an american okay that and i'm i'm glad i'm an american i would rather be an american than a canadian i would rather be an american you know than an iranian or you know all these these other countries out there i would rather be an american But you know, and I'm just going to be honest with you. When I hear songs like "I'm Proud to Be an American," you know, I I tend to enjoy it a little bit. Okay, but way more importantly than that, okay? Because while I enjoy the song, I have found myself many times hanging my head in shame that I'm an American. When I saw the White House and the rainbow-colored lights, I had to hang my head in shame. You know, when our Supreme Court did those rulings that they did? I, I I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. You know when I see who, uh, you know, when, almost every election that we have. When I just look at who we have to vote for, just who our choices are, I'm kind of ashamed. I'm embarrassed when I when I just watch the news and you see the junk that's going on in this country. Sometimes I'm just a little bit embarrassed. I'm a little bit ashamed. But you know what? I've all, I've got something else though. Another citizenship. That's more important, that's a greater priority, that I'm not ashamed of one bit. In fact I'm proud of it. Hebrews or Ephesians chapter two and verse eleven says, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision, in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. When you're lost, you are an alien from the commonwealth of Israel. But now that you're saved, you are a citizen of Israel. Okay. Now, I don't go around telling people I'm a citizen of Israel. They wouldn't understand. If I, you know, if I go and they're checking my, you know, my status and stuff you know, at the airport, I'm not going to tell them I'm from Israel. Because I'm probably going to get, you know, hauled into a room somewhere and they're going to want to check my papers and stuff. You know, but no, the truth, they, they wouldn't understand, but the truth is, spiritually, we are citizens of Israel, aren't we? In time past, we were aliens from it, but now we are citizens. We are of the household of faith. We are blessed with faithful, uh, faithful Abraham. We are his seed. But, in verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for He is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in His flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make in Himself twain one new man, so making peace, and that He might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through Him we have both both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, and of the household of God. You know, when I think about that, it kind of reminds me of what it used to be like in America when people would come on the boats from other countries, and they would see that Statue of Liberty, and they would go through there on Staten Island, and they would they would work they would want to become citizens of the United States of America. Boy, it meant a lot to be able to become a citizen of the United States with the countries that they came from. I mean, it was exciting for them to be able to come and be an American. They were proud of it. They were excited about it. It gave them great opportunities. I mean, we've got people here that were from other countries. You know, get the Menezes. You came from Mexico. You know, Prince. You came from uh, the Ivory Coast. And they're you know here in America. And you know... Thankfully, I was born here. But you know, more importantly than being a part of America, being a part of that family of God, being a part of that commonwealth of Israel, being a part of that heavenly country. And right now, we're the strangers and the foreigners. We're the the strangers. We're the pilgrims. We're the ones that are kind of dwelling in tents, I guess you could say. Here on this earth, this is just a temporary place and we're looking forward to being a part of that New Jerusalem, being a part of that heavenly country. And while there have been many times I've had to hang my head in shame because of who I've had to associate myself with being an American, I've never had to hang my head in shame over who I'm associated with when it comes to heaven because I'm associated with Jesus Christ. And with Him, there is nothing to be ashamed of. We do not have to be ashamed of Jesus Christ. We can be proud of it even if we're in prison, even if we're in bonds. We have nothing to be ashamed of when it comes to Christ, like the Apostle Paul, I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And there is not, listen, there's nothing wrong with being loyal to your country and having national pride, but we should never place our citizenship above our, you know, the household of faith. The Bible says in Galatians chapter six and verse nine, it says, "And let us not be weary in well doing." For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. We need to be good to everybody, but you know there's just something special about those who are a part of your family. Okay, Your spiritual family. Listen, there's people out there that are special to me because they are my flesh and blood family. But you know what? There's also people out there that are special to me because they are part of my spiritual family. They are part of that household of faith. And we see here especially to do good to those people because we are, we have something in common, folks. We're strangers here on this earth. We're pilgrims. We don't really belong. We don't really fit in out there. But boy, we come together here where we do fit in. Why? Because we have something in common. We, have, we are a part of the same family. Even though... There are people in here. We all have different last names. Even though we have different colors of people in here, we are all of the same family, aren't we? We are all from Jesus Christ if we're saved. And that is what I'm really proud of. That's the heritage that I'm really proud of. You know, if I can talk about my biological heritage if I want, but you know, I'm glad what I do where I end up is not determined by my biological because I've got some family members that are out there that you know, I'm not real proud of you know that I, I'd be kind of ashamed of you know my dad he can tell some stories about some of the, some of the family members and just things that he saw growing up but you know what he he didn't turn out like that you know why because he became a part of another family family of God the most important family and that is what we need to understand that we are true citizenship is with Israel according to Ephesians chapter 2. And that's the one that I'm most excited about and glad to be a part of. Earthly speaking, I'm glad I'm in America. But you know what? Overall, I'm looking for a better country. And that's that heavenly country. And if you want to be a part of that heavenly country, you become a citizen through Jesus Christ. Not by birth. It's not by ancestry. It's not by like it was before. It's not like by being a descendant of Abraham. Because we see in Galatians chapter 3 that if we're in Christ, ye are Abraham's seed. And so you can be a part of that family, but you have to get there spiritually. Because we can't help who our biological family is, can we? You can't help that. But you can help your spiritual family. And if you'll accept Christ as your Savior, you will be a part of that family. So we need to remember that also that our law that we follow is the law of God. First go look at first Peter chapter two and verse nine. First Peter chapter two in verse nine. Says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God, which have not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Okay? As believers, we have, we have a different citizenship than the rest of the world. We have a different home, homeland, I guess you could say, that we are, as believers, and we have a different law. There are things that the world does that we are not supposed to do. There are things that are legal in this country that Christians should have nothing to do with. It's completely legal for you to go out and get drunk. It's completely legal for you to, after you go out and get drunk, to go out if you're a lady and you commit fornication or adultery and to get pregnant and to go and kill your baby. That's all legal in this country. But is that legal for us? As citizens of the heavenly country? Absolutely not. That is complete violation of the law of God. And we don't just do or go off what this nation's laws are. There, It is completely legal for you to blaspheme the name of God. It's completely legal for you to just go out and just rattle off as many cuss words as you want. That's legal in this country. You can do that. It's completely legal in this country for you to go home and watch whatever trash is imaginable right there on your TV. It's completely legal for you to go on the Internet and just do unspeakable things. It's all legal in this country. It's legal for you to go to the gas station, buy a dirty magazine. It's legal. I mean, there are a lot of things that are legal in this country, but you know what? We don't follow those laws, do we? We don't go off those laws. Our law told us to abstain from fleshly lust. Which war against the soul, and he beseech us as strangers and pilgrims. We are in a land that does not follow the law of God, that does not go off the law of God, but that doesn't mean we don't have to do those, or that we don't have to follow those laws anymore. It doesn't matter if you live in America, it doesn't matter if you live in China or Timbuktu, we as believers should always follow the law of God. That is the ultimate law, that is the ultimate authority for us, and just because something is legal, does not mean it's right. We've got to be obedient to God. And the truth is we are obedient to God when we're obedient to the laws of the land. There's nothing in the law that says you have to get an abortion. There's nothing in the law that says if you're a man, you have to marry a man. There's nothing in the the law that says you have to watch trash on your television. Part of obeying the law of God is obeying the laws of the land. But when a law of the land tries to overrule the law of God... They now cross the line, and we obey the Bible every time. And look at Acts chapter 5 and verse 27. If you want to turn over there, Acts chapter 5 and verse 27. I want to show you something here. I want to show you some lawbreakers. Acts chapter 5 and verse 27. It says, And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straitly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Hear that? We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with His right hand to be a prince and a Savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are His witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey Him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and they took counsel to slay them. You see that? These guys, they they didn't listen to the authority there in Israel, did they? You know why? Because that authority tried overruling God's authority and no authority in the world has a right to do that. There's there, No nation in the world has the right to tell its people that they can't have a Bible. That they cannot meet. Now, are countries doing that? Yes. There are plenty of countries where you can get in big trouble if you have a Bible. Do they have a right to do that? No. If you lived in that country and you, went, you bought a Bible off the black market and you were reading it in your house at night, you think God's looking at you and saying, you shouldn't do that. No. You ought to obey God rather than men. We have a law, folks. And let me tell you something right now. As far as America is concerned, they have everything to gain by us obeying the law of God. They have nothing to lose. The law of God is not a threat to any decent person. To any decent country, now it is a threat to tyrants and dictators and to the wicked. It is a threat to them. And you got and that's why you gotta worry about people that are so worried about keeping the Bible out of the schools, keeping the Ten Commandments out of courthouses. There's a reason for that, folks, and it's because the Bible is a threat to the evil. But it is it's not a threat. Nobody's in danger. My neighbour has nothing to fear with me obeying the word of God. Because you know what? My Bible teaches thou shalt not kill. So if I'm following the Word of God, He doesn't have to worry about getting murdered. If He goes off on vacation, I know He's going to be gone for a week. If I'm obeying the law of God, He doesn't have to worry because I'm going to follow that commandment that says thou shalt not steal. I mean, our country and individuals have everything to gain by us obeying the law of God But the evil, they are the ones that have something to fear. And that's why there will always be an attack on the Word of God because there will always be evil in this world. And they are taking charge. But you know what? We're going to continue to obey God rather than men. Because we have a law. While heaven is our true home, and while we are citizens of Israel, and as as we are part of the family of Abraham, the truth is, we still need an earthly land that will allow us the freedom to seek for that heavenly country. While, you know, while what Abraham was really looking for, we find out in the New Testament, it wasn't the geographical location of Israel. God did want him to have that land so there would be a place on earth where there could be a people on earth that would glorify God by keeping his commandments and walking in his ways. Now we're not going to take time to read all the passages, but if you go to Deuteronomy chapter seven, where God calls Israel His chosen people, He tells them, "Hey, here's what I've chosen you for. I've chosen you to be a holy people for myself." Just like we read in First Peter that said, "Ye are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people." People, we see God said to them that, "Hey, I've chosen you for a purpose." You are my people. And as Christians today, we are we are God's people. He God said I've chosen you to love me and to keep my commandments. You can read that in chapter uh, chapter 7 Deuteronomy verses 9 through 12. In 1 John chapter 5, he said the same thing to us as Christians. If you love me, keep my commandments. God has chosen us. He's for a specific pur- purpose. He wants there to be a people that will glorify Him. He wants there to be a people that will love Him and that will keep His commandments. And there needs to be a place, there needs to be a land where that can be done. And God gave the land of Israel to Abraham and his seed so there would be a place where He could He can give them a law and they could institute the laws of God and practice the laws of God. And of course, when you read the Old Testament, you see they didn't do a very good job, but it wasn't God's fault. He gave them a place where they could do that. A place where the law of God was the law. And you know what? Now, obviously, Israel now is the farthest thing from a place where you can freely pursue that heavenly country. I mean, it's illegal to pass out tracts in Israel right now. I mean, it's gotten so wicked over there it's not even funny. But you know what? I believe America right now is that place. I'm not saying we're... Israel over here, but I'm saying that I believe America is a place that it was founded as a place where we could come and freely pursue that heavenly country. And for example, the pilgrims, okay, the pilgrims, kind of like what we were called in the Bible a couple of times, strangers and pilgrims. The pilgrims that came over to America, you know what it said in the Mayflower Compact? This isn't popular stuff that's taught often in Christian schools today. But it said one of the lines in there was having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancements of the Christian faith. They weren't free to worship God like they should have been free to do in the countries that they came from. So they wanted to come to America and start a country where they could do that, where they could freely pursue. That heavenly country. The pilgrims felt that way. Our founding fathers, when they signed the Declaration of Independence, it was clear that while many of them had great wealth, their wealth didn't have them. And it's one of the lines in the Declaration of Independence at the end. It says, and for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Why were they willing to give everything up? Many of these men had great wealth. Why were they willing to give it up? You know, it would have just been easier for them to just go along with the king. And you might remember there in Hebrews chapter 11, it was mentioned in there that Abraham, he could have returned. It would have been easier for him to return to his homeland, to the land that he came from. But he didn't do that. He stayed there because... He was looking for that better country, that heavenly country. It would have been easier for the pilgrims to stay in the country that they were from. Many of them didn't get to see the fruits of the liberty. You know, The men who fought the Revolutionary War, those ones who died, they didn't get to see what came of it. They didn't get to enjoy that freedom. But the truth is, they weren't just looking for a geographical location. They were searching for a heavenly country and they believed that there needed to be a country where people could practice the laws of God and could pursue that heavenly country in a free way without the obstruction of the government and that's exactly what they did and that's why those men they were willing to sacrifice everything so we could have a free country it's clear when you study our nation's history that they were wanting a country where we could freely pursue that better country they weren't trying they weren't trying to make heaven on earth they were trying to make a place where we could as easily as possible pursue heaven we see in the first amendment in the bill of rights it makes it clear that they wanted a land where they could be what god wanted them to be the first amendment in the bill of rights congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Many people, if you ask them, what's the First Amendment? Freedom of the press. Well, no, it was freedom of religion and the press too. They get it, but government's not to make any law. But yet, government's all over making laws that are affecting religions today. And it's it's getting close here in America. But it's clear it was not intended to be that way. It was clear our founding fathers did not want the government interfering in the religious practices of people. They needed to be free to pursue that heavenly country. They needed to be free to obey the law of God and to follow His commandments so they could please God. I mean, the government was not allowed to impose a state religion on people. It's up to us. We have that liberty to... Worship as we see fit, as we believe God wants us to, and as Baptists, while we think we're right on everything, probably are. You know, we're not going to try to take over the country and make everyone be Baptist, are we? That's not that's not how it works. That's not the way it's supposed to be. And our founding fathers, they clearly, I believe, they wanted a land, a place, and the world needs a place. You think about all the people that have come to this country. Many of them trying to escape religious persecution. But now, it's becoming a place where it's like people think they should be able to come where they can violate every law of God while they can commit every abomination that the Bible commands us not to do. Listen, we need a land where we can freely practice God's laws. We need a land where its people can live in a way that God can bless their land. And I'm not going to go into all the Scriptures. I might be covering some of them tonight. But when you look In the in Leviticus chapter eighteen, you know I'm going to go ahead and look. I'm going to show you this because I think this is very fitting right now with what's going on right now in our country. Leviticus chapter eighteen, verse twenty-two. Because our forefathers wanted a land where we could pursue that heavenly country where we can be blessed of God and we could serve God. And what's going on in our country right now? We're doing everything we can to stop God's blessing on our country. Leviticus eighteen twenty-two. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled which I cast out before you. And the land is defiled. Therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it, "...and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants." Right there. And, it, and it, go on and read. It mentions, it mentions it again. The land itself vomiteth out. I believe God's judgment when it comes out on America, it's going to be in the form of the wrath of God that we read about in Revelation. But listen, right now, while we're here on earth, if we don't be careful, if our land gets too corrupted, the land itself will vomit out the inhabitants." It'll do it through disease, through famines, pestilence, whatever. Those are natural things that come as a result of just wicked, abominable lifestyles. It doesn't even necessarily have to be the wrath of God. The land can't do it our, we cannot be blessed in this land with the type of wickedness that's going on in this country. And we need a land where its people can live in a way that God can bless their land. In Second Chronicles 7.14, our new monthly memory verse. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Well, what if our country doesn't allow us to do these things? Obviously, we still can. You know, We don't have to have their permission. But it is very clear... That our founding fathers wanted a land where we could follow the laws of God so He could bless our land. Not a a land where people can come and do whatever they want. That was never their intention. And listen, we need the America of 1776. The world needs the America of 1776. And it's time for God's people right now. We need to let our light shine like never before. We need to beg God for mercy. And I think we need to pray and ask God for just one more great awakening before His return. I believe that He can do it. And every one that's ever happened has been during dark, wicked times. If God is ever going to do it, I believe now is the time. And I think we need to ask for it. We need to ask God, Lord, one more. Just one more great awakening before Your return. I want to live and I want to see... Another great revival like the ones that I've read about. I want to be a part of it. And so you know what? As this world gets more and more wicked, I'm not going to get quieter. I'm going to get louder. As the world, as preaching in the pulpits across America gets softer, I'm going to get meaner. I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to I'm going to yell a little louder. I'm going to step on toes a little more. Why? Because this this is the time. This is the opportunity. I mean, we are we are set up right now. I believe we are set up in this country for two things major judgment or major revival. I prefer the major revival. And so you know what? I'm gonna I want to do something about it. I am going to raise my voice. I'm gonna I'm gonna get mouthy. I tell you I, I plan I plan on I want to knock doors more than I've ever knocked doors. I want to preach more than I've ever preached. I want to find more. We've been talking about finding more places where we can go out and we can preach the gospel to people. I want to keep on running my mouth on the radio, and I, I want to. I'm going to do all I can because we are we are set up right now for two things: judgment or revival. And I want to see revival, and we need to ask for it. So with that, let's all stand together.